0: Welcome to the Vision for the Valley podcast. I am your host, Joseph Velarde. In this podcast, we will discover the gym that is the Lehigh Valley and learn from people from all walks of life. Hey, we're so excited to have another episode of the Vision for the Valley podcast. And I'm excited to have my good friend, Blake Morgan, who's the head chef and owner of Morgan's Local Flavor, which uh, was established in 2005. I'm just going to tell you a little bit more about that. But Blake and I go way back. In fact, I met Blake right when I moved to the Lehigh Valley from Atlanta. And I was a youth pastor at the age of 23, which is pretty crazy to think about. But one of the things that got me through those first couple of years, uh, because Blake and I would be at in our leadership team meetings, which if you're not familiar with the church world, it would be called the elder team meetings or elder board meetings. And during that time we would end up starting at seven o'clock, but sometimes those meetings would go to twelve o'clock, one o'clock in the morning. It was it was very crazy, but blake mm-hmm always had a way of making me laugh. And we'd get in so much trouble. And if, if you know the Valley at all, you know there's a heavy percentage of people who are Pennsylvania Dutch. And there is a guy on, on the board with us that would always get so upset at Blake and I because we couldn't stop laughing. We would be telling jokes uh, the whole time. And, again, that was one of the saving graces during during that time. So, Blake, we're glad to have you Here on the podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself and about what it is that you're involved in uh, with Morgan's.
1: Okay. Well, thanks for having me. Um, A little bit about myself. I've been in the restaurant business all my life. Uh, So in the chef role and and other roles, um, have four daughters, Hmm. been married for 30 years to a great woman, Allison. And, uh, you know, when we started Morgan's, I just wanted a place where uh, the community could use it. For special occasions to drop in and eat, we're there breakfast, lunch, and dinner, which is unusual for a full-service restaurant. Mm. Um, So from 7 in the morning till 9, you can stop in and uh, and get comfort food with a little bit of a twist. So uh, we serve the same menu, lunch, and dinner all day from 11.30 until 9. So if you're hungry at night and you're with your family and you want to stop in and just get burgers and salads, you can do that. Or if you want to bring somebody out for a late afternoon business meeting and have rack of lamb and salmon, you can do that as well. So just a, you know, um, just a business that's accessible all through the day, Monday through Saturday. We're closed Sunday, and uh, you know, just to welcome the community in.
0: Yeah, it, it, by the way the food is amazing. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. It is so so good. And I'm not just saying that cuz we're good friends. <laughs> no, I'm saying that yeah. cuz it's really really good. Well, and, thanks. And yeah. uh, I love that you guys even uh you're you know the, like you just laid out the menu, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that it's available and the breakfast is so good as well and yeah. as well as I mean one thing that all sets the, us, all the food that you have sets that.
1: us apart a little bit at breakfast is um and there's nothing wrong with this but a lot of restaurants and places out there will use pancake batter and for mm-hmm. breakfast and they'll top it with a variety of ingredients. We make six different ones every day. Wow. So, um, there's something unique for you, for you to choose from and, and they're just seasoned and spice different and it just makes for a better, I think for a better product than just having the same thing topped with something else.
0: Yeah. And so, no, yeah. I think it's really, you can tell that too. Like I, I came there and it was the first time Like I'm a, you know, I'm from Atlanta originally. <laughs> and one of the things I love is pecan pie. Yeah, and you guys have—I've never seen this, and maybe it's just I don't have a lot of knowledge <laughs> about food industry or food world. But one of the things was that you guys had these like uh, pumpkin pancakes. We do, and, and then it. and then you could put like the pecan uh, pr- praline praline on, on mm-hmm. top of it. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that yeah. was like so good. And now every time I come there, I'm like, can I do that? Again? again because <laughs> yeah. it was so so good yeah and uh i was just like man that, that was amazing so i wanted to ask you like i know you sure. said you've been in the food industry mm-hmm. your whole life but tell us a little bit about how that started for you like how did you you know what was that journey in the beginning and then sure. what led you uh to really see morgan's become a reality if you can tell a little bit of that that's sure well
1: it's a long history so yeah, i'll summarize um when I was 15, I started – my father had a car agency down in Bucks County, okay. and right down the road was a small French place, mm. and I would go wash cars for my dad during the day and then go there at night and wash dishes. So been working since I'm 15. Mm. And just there, I just – I was never really a food person or enjoyed different types of food, but I just started to try things, and I liked the fast-paced uh, nature of the business. There were some good people there who really influenced me, and uh, probably most importantly, they – you know they, they told me hey i think you could be good at this the things that i did they liked hmm. and you know i believe really in my heart that 90% of everything good that gets done by anybody in any field is because someone came behind them and said i think you'd be good at this oh, yeah. and uh, right. so somebody they touched me there and then i just went to culinary school and worked in the restaurant business um the manor house inn and then i ran two kitchens the spice of life and Appanino, which is, was the former location of morgans and um, those chapters were coming to an end for the owner who owned both of those. He wanted to move on, and uh, there was—I just didn't really know what I was going to do. I had opportunities to go do things, and I—I I sat in the parking lot and uh, just prayed. Hey, you know, there's very few times in a man's life, God, where you can say, "I really don't have any plans." So, what mm-hmm. would you like? And uh, He said, I'd, "I'd like you to pursue staying here." And, and to be 100% honest, that was the last thing on my mind. Mm. I hated that place at that time. I wanted to get out of there. Yeah. When you're closing restaurants and going through that, it's just not a real joyful time. It's like imagining every day is your mm. two weeks' notice, you know, and you have to go through a year of that time until the place is sold. So I just, I just really didn't want to be there. But um, again, I just felt like God answered that prayer in a way that I wouldn't have wanted. So that's how I was sure it was Him. Mm. And uh, I sought out uh, my friends, uh, Greg Dimick and, and, and Jeff Dimick, and they agreed to invest in it. And we've gone forward, and that was 2005. And uh, we've just been there going into our 15th year, which for a restaurant is is pretty impressive. Yeah, that is really and, uh, impressive.
0: By the way, congratulations.
1: Well, thanks. Yeah, I mean, oh, I have 15, a tremendous staff, right. which that makes it easier. Yeah. The community has supported us and yeah. bought in. And so I'm just really thankful for that. Um, and that's pretty much my story.
0: No, that's really cool. So I wanted to back up and just sure. unpack a couple of things you said. And I think as you're uh, considering how this relates to you, Blake said something that I don't want us to, to miss. There is power in calling to light what you see in somebody else to say something like, I see that you're good at this. Mm-hmm. And I just think that there may be something here for you to pursue yeah. and to, to make the time to do that. And oftentimes we assume that somebody else, um, can just figure out how we feel or appreciate or affirm the way we, you know, the way we view them or sure. uh, our encouragement towards them just by our presence. But oftentimes if it's not stated, they don't know it and they believe probably the other side of that, which is something negative because of the way they maybe be themselves or, right. you know, there hasn't been a lot of people to invest in their lives in that way. And there's just power in mm-hmm. slowing down enough. To say, hey, this is what I see in you. And I know for, for me, that's been true of my own story. Sure. I mean, there have been several men and women who've come alongside me and said, hey, this is what I see in you. And I think about even uh, your role in my life to, to be an encourager as we mm-hmm. set out to start Riverbend and the things that we have done over the years to, to always prioritize, you know, to encourage me, with a, encourage me in that, whether that's a text message or a like man. on his birthday, he brought me his birthday. <laughs> he brought me birthday cake like, on his birthday. What kind of guy is that? This is yeah, a good guy. Man. But just to celebrate what God's doing, but also to encourage me. Hey, you know, I just want you to know what I see in you, and I think that's really important that we don't we don't miss that. And then I, I think even the other part of that is the the building of your ability to cook and to understand the food industry world. And so I wanted to ask you, Blake. Sure. When you started to cook, did you go to school for that Was yeah it- I
1: went to culinary Institute of America, but okay. um, you know do you need to do that? Any education is good education, but it still is a trade, hmm. so there's lots of opportunities yeah. The local colleges are producing great graduates mm-hmm. um, it's a trade, so if you get in and you study how to do it and you get alongside some good chefs and you 're willing to work and learn um, it's common now that people come out of school and they think, "Okay, I have it, and you know you watch the Food Network and all these other food shows, and everything is small plates and they want to use ta you know utensils <laughs> and small little things to make these artistry, but they don't realize that there's twenty pounds of carrots to peel or fifteen mm-hmm. pounds of they don't the grunt work per se yeah. of getting to the point where you can assemble all those things and the process and all the things that you learn in that about organization and time management and bringing things together so that when a customer comes in and orders it that they can have that beautifully presented food in 15 or 20 minutes you know that's the thing that you need to learn and that's what working in the business will teach you hmm. um, so yeah I mean I think the thing that I love best about it is you know you're seeing people every day you're meeting people you know where you stand every day right. whether you're good or bad you know they'll tell you uh, I enjoy that and and at Morgan's I try not to just stay in the kitchen I try to you know, on Tuesday I'll go out and cut the grass and people say, why do you cut the grass? Well, then I can circle the building and see what it looks like from the outside in yeah. for the first time. Does that need to be replaced? You know, when you only go yeah. through the back door, you don't see certain things. And then people stop and say hello to me and I get to chat to them out there more than I get to when I'm cooking because obviously I don't want to be talking to them at the table for 20 minutes while their steak starts on fire. That's so, right. you know, there, there's things I can do. And just to do a variety of things really suits my personality. I enjoy doing different things every day. So whether it's, Usually Saturday, I cook breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm in at the stove from seven in the morning till nine at night, or you know, working on some advertising things or whatever. I just like you know every bit of the business. So well,
0: that's really cool. So I wanted to ask you, uh, Blake, if people were interested in um, going down this path. You talked about schools and trades and yeah. learning. Any specific places you would recommend them to go? Like, are there colleges in our area? Or yeah,
1: there's Northampton Community College has a great program. Um, there are several schools in around the Philadelphia area. Um, like any college, the bigger the name, if you want to travel and leave this area, then it's easy to recognize that name. Northampton Community College isn't going to mean too much to people in California. Culinary Institute or Johnson and Wales would. So, if you're planning on staying in this area. Um, I know for me when I look – I look at college, but I look more at the kitchens they worked in and the time they've been there. Okay. You know, if someone has been in 10 different kitchens in 10 years, I'm probably not going to be too interested in them because it takes a while to learn a kitchen. And by the time you invest in them and by the time they're able to produce what you want, how you want, uh, and learn your environment, they're gone. So um, I would just recommend for anybody that's interested in it, if you're young, get a job in the kitchen doing prep work, doing something – Watch how it goes on in the kitchen uh, before you make that decision because any college you choose right now is really expensive, and culinary uh, arts is not an exception to that. Mm-hmm. It's an expensive proposition to go to college and invest. So make sure it's what you want to do. Make sure it's uh, uh, what you have a passion for.
0: Do you think in the area here, like the Valley, I was just curious that you mentioned that, like whether they stay or end up going and talking about uh, you know those options. Do, do you see a uh, what I would call like a renaissance for the food um, industry in the Lehigh Valley? What, what are you seeing in that area? Regarding- well, obviously
1: the area is growing. Right. I mean, I think anybody can see that. Um, I think there are some really talented chefs out there, um, and they come in and they do great things. I mean, what I look for personally is people who have been there a long time, who have mm-hmm. served the public for a long time, who have had success over a long... It's easy to come in and anything and flash for six months, a year, two years. But have they been there for three, four, five years? Do they have a good reputation? Do I feel like if I'm going to go out to dinner, am I going to be taken care of? Do they care? Mm -hmm. Do they care about me? Do they really want me to have a good experience? Not because they're making a dollar, but because it's my anniversary or because it's a special occasion. And uh, that's kind of what Morgan's... What separates us a little bit is we're not just a place where you can drop in and eat, but... Um, there's very few places that you can go um, to have a group of 20 or 25 if it's your parents' anniversary or you're celebrating something special and you want to have a private room. There's no charge for that. Where can we go and have a nice dinner that's not so expensive that nobody can afford to go or so inexpensive that it cheapens the event? So we try to be right in the middle of that, that you can come and enjoy yourself in a really nice setting and feel that the people that you're doing something for, they feel like, wow, they went out of their way and did something nice for me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's important to us. You know, we have lots of rehearsal dinners and showers, and those are big events in people's life, you know? And they come in, and, and, and they just want to make sure that everything is right for their daughter or their son-in-law. And so they're giving us a trust, so we don't look past that. We don't look lightly at that. We want it to be good for them. And I think um, sometimes is. Different restaurant chains come in, and there's nothing wrong with those. That personal connection, you know, um, the people, the chains that do that well, they succeed. The other restaurants that don't have that personal connection and really don't care, and they just want to make it a business business exchange, they're here and gone. So, well, there's, a, there's a high mortality rate in restaurants. And
0: what is? Do you know the rate? Like, uh,
1: well, the average is three years.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, man. Yeah.
1: So, I, I mean. So it's two this, and a half. Yeah. You start sliding, you know? okay. and then the last six months can be pretty brutal. But um, I think that's like anything. People see what's real. If you hang around long enough, they see what you're what's real. And what's real with us is good food, decent price, and we genuinely care that you're happy.
0: Yeah, because I was going to say too. I, I think even the vision for that area, um, you know, like where you guys are at the spot. You know, it's like an old. Yeah. But old farmhouse, right? Old
1: Country Inn, been there since yeah. around the Revolutionary War the building was. Um, for us, we're really not an on-the-way place. We still are kind of a destination. There's really nothing above us. I always joke I think I could sell more – I could make more money selling directions in the parking lot. If I'm out there at any time, at least twice a day, somebody will pull in, where's the doctor's office? And It just, <laughs> just looks like the end of yeah. the world, you know? But – um there's not like a shopping mall above us or anything like that. So people are still coming up there. I mean, Cedar Crest is a busy road, no doubt, but it ends a mile past us, right. you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's still a destination. You're still not going to be going by and say, oh, we'll drop in there. But uh, more importantly than that, it is it's kind of isolated in the community again. So, again, we wanted to give
0: – Yeah, because I was going to say, I, I just thought it was uh- – it's really been cool to watch how you guys have uh reimagined that space mm-hmm. and even though it is a destination area, it's quaint, sure. and um, the price point is is very reasonable, and the experience is really well done, meaning uh, the ambiance, the connection with you guys and your staff, um the even the way that you go above and beyond, like I had my grandmother's birthday there. Um, many years ago, my brother, John just recently celebrated his anniversary there mm-hmm. and, you know, he had, you know, he was raving about his experience there because it was both well done. The food was really good and, and the ambience was really, really, um, top notch as well as, Hey, we're, we're about people. This isn't just about making money mm-hmm. though. Obviously that's a part of it. Sure. You know, yeah, you won't um, be
1: there if you don't focus right, on that. Too. Right.
0: So it's like, it's not one or the other cause they all feed. Each other. Mm -hmm. So, if you're if you're thinking about this for yourself, and whether you're going in the food industry or not, I I don't want you to lose the sight of how things are interconnected. Sure. So, you know, the the type of experience we're going to give. So, when people walk in the door, you Mm -hmm. know, are are we have we set the stage for them to feel like we were prepared for them, that we're excited for them? Mm -hmm. You know, the the guest experience, the um, the way that the staff is going to greet them and treat them, and then the food quality. And are we pricing people out of the opportunity sure. And sure. to enjoy that? Now, now we get that, you know, there's places for that and we understand yes. there's times for that. But I think that those are important parts and factors as we think about our own leadership for ourselves. But even as we work with in whatever vocation we find ourselves in. Sure.
1: Well, in my business, it's the restaurant hospitality industry. Right. Right. And the people that forget about the hospitality end usually mm-hmm. don't last too long. Like. I know your brother's involved with Chick Fil A, and they're so big on hospitality. They're so big on guest experience, and that's why they keep climbing, mm-hmm. even in today's climate where you feel like people really don't care about that connection. They do. Yep. You know, when you when they get there and you're glad to see them, and you feel good about spending your your money there, no matter what level you're at, whether it's fast food, uh, fine dining, diners. If you walk into a place and you can feel, wow, they're really glad I'm here, makes a difference.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, and I, I think too the other thing you said about your own story, and I don't I don't want us to, to pass by this too quick because I think it's really important. There was a two year span that you were waiting for what now sure. is Morgan's to close it was gonna close and you knew that that doesn't mean you were hoping it was gonna close. No, no, but,
1: trying everything I could to keep it afloat and make things keep, work but keep it, it afloat.
0: Just... But in that time, I wanted to ask you, what did that teach you about business, about Uh, Leadership about how did it prepare you for what you're doing now?
1: Well, I think tough times come to all of us, Mm -hmm. and I had the luxury of learning how to deal with tough times with a lot of responsibility, but without the final responsibility. Where you know the person I work for, I always worked like it was my business and would give the same amount of effort, but it wasn't my home on the line, it wasn't my business on the line, Mm -hmm. and so I was able to. To really understand the pressure that is involved with that, um, you know, soon after we bought the restaurant and we went through a lot of struggles when we first opened, it seemed every day something was breaking. I mean, I think we replaced every sink, every faucet, every toilet, yeah. every walk-in, every every piece of equipment in there, and it was just financial difficulties, and we finally hit our stride and got going and then 2008 came mm-hmm.
0: and it was tough, you know, and by the way, if you don't know what 2008 <laughs> is, let me give you, it's called the recession, <laughs> Yeah, the great recession. The and so, recession, yeah. you know,
1: a lot restaurants were closing their doors and a lot of good ones. And, you know, my prayer was, let me keep my staff, let me keep my customers and we'll just ride through this. And uh, so there was a lot of great relationships that happened inside of there. But I think that experience of going through the difficult times, and I think my heart was just to help him get through Taught me a lot of lessons that I didn't know that I would need in just a short period of time, in just three years. So, um, the good times are great. The great reviews are great. Um, The busy Saturday nights are great. But, how do you get through those lean times, which comes um, in any business? Mm -hmm. You know, nobody is busy from the time they open till the time they close seven days a week for 10 years in a row. The tough times come. And, how do you adapt? How do you change? How do you hold on to what's important? All those things, um, stepping back, examining yourself, being honest with yourself, I think is important. Um, is what I'm doing still valid today, still relevant? Am I relevant? Is my food relevant? Is my mm-hmm. restaurant relevant? Um, so all those things I was able to learn when my um, – I had a sense of responsibility to my partners. I always told them that they'd have to take a SWAT team to shoot me out of there if we're failing because I'm not going to do that to you. And so that was a motivation, you know, to be able to uh, pay them back and, and make sure that we're clear of that. And yeah. so it was just a lot of things. But I really, you know, adversity—you learn so much more in adversity than you do in success. Success is so easy to feel like to not look at those things and make sure you're doing things right. But adversity—if you just examine things and keep it in perspective, you know—it's funny people ask how do you like owning a restaurant that's so great. You know, I turn it over to God every day, and then I spend the next 12 hours ripping it out of his hands, you know. And, and that's the battle that we have every day with things, you know. No. Um, so the good times, bad times, um, you learn from both of them.
0: No, and I was going to ask you too, like with that, because I think that's right on. How have you um, been able to adapt? Like what would you say, like through that time, like um, what were some things that you had to adjust? Are there some specifics?
1: Yeah, I mean – learning to manage the cash flow is really important, Mm -hmm. paying what you need to pay when you need to pay it, Um, watching your inventories, watching your staffing, making sure that you still put enough, come up with unique ideas that you can do to attract customers that you're not spending $10,000 on advertising. You know, we had a really neat relationship with WFMZ. When that first happened, um, the station manager was very concerned when Lehman Brothers fell and He called and said, listen, we'd like to do a Christmas party, but we're not sure we're going to spend that money. Would you be willing to do it on trade with us? We'll give you airtime and you do – I really didn't want to do it because it was a big expense and we did it and we have a great relationship for – what's that? How many? Eight? Eleven years now we've done their Christmas party on trade and and, uh, we're still doing it to this day and so it's more than benefited me. And uh, they're great to have a relationship with over there as well. So again, you just step out, you do something. Um, they were—I mean, it was not saying they were in need, but he was concerned. He was doing the right thing for the station, not to spend money on excess, but still wanted to take care of his employees. And it was—it was a relationship that formed out of adversity, and it's still going. And we still every about now he'll text me, "Hey, are we still good for Christmas party?" And yeah, so we do it every year. So
0: yeah, and I think that's important, even just for us to. Be reminded of the power of relationships. It's one thing to be uh, in the restaurant hospitality business, and that's a big part of it. But so much of what Blake was talking about and what we are able to do is because of the way we're connecting with one another. So, Blake and I have an ongoing relationship, uh, and so it's forged over this time. Sure. You know, and connecting, same thing, Barry Fisher, you know, yeah. <laughs> WMC, I, which I know very, very well. Uh, just even the care about the right things. Sure. But to be honest with, Hey, this is what I'm able to do. Right. Is there a way that we could work something out together in the midst of that? Yeah. And, and there's risk on both sides, but sure. But when the relationships there, sure. You're like, Hey, I'm willing to take this risk with you. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm for you. We're, we're in, in for the Valley as we often talk about on this podcast. Right. And I think uh, there's real value in that. And, and as you are considering this for yourself and where you are, as you're maybe waiting for the next thing, I want to encourage you not to waste the learnings of failings or struggles or difficult times. These are seasons where we we're fine. Uh, we often talk about getting to the mountaintop, but the valleys mm. are often what would prepare us for the mountaintop. And then when we're on the mountaintop and then we're going to inevitably hit another valley... We are reminded of hey what did it what what did I learn the, the last time I was in the valleys and I, I like how Blake said that. Blake said, "Hey, there are some difficult times. you know I did everything I could to keep that restaurant going, and you know those restaurants going, but i wasn't we weren't able to do it, mm-hmm. but I learned through that time I, I was able to develop those muscles and then I continued to grow in my ability to fail forward, but also to adapt and adjust and to ask the right questions. Nothing's off, off limits. And then to on a regular basis, um, let others into what's going on, you know, teamwork relationships. But then he's mentioned a couple of times, the power of prayer and saying, Hey, here's a, here's a blank canvas. <laughs> uh, you want me to do this? at this place, this place, I can't stand the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Even though I want to say no, the answer is yes. Cause I'm trusting that you're leading me in this and to, to regularly hand that over, even though it's so hard. Sure. In the midst of everything that you're, you're going through and, and trying to do to, to say, I'm surrendering this over. I'm trusting you. We're doing it together. I'm not cooking in the kitchen on my own. I'm not mowing <laughs> the lawn on my own. Yeah. You know, Blake and I both, you know, share, um, some similarities in our family story. We often talk about letting God father us through mm-hmm. the leadership pieces of, of what we do, but even as husbands and fathers and, sure. and, and there's so much we don't know some, so much we haven't seen, you know, and, and yeah. having to let him lead us through that.
1: Yeah. I just think in today's day and age, even whether you look at it professionally or personally, it's so easy to get bombarded with successes. Mm-hmm. You know, you, if you're on social media. Everybody's posting the great times they're having. Yeah. And everything's a highlight reel, and all those things. We don't have all those things in common. But if we're honest, I think what we all have in common is our daily failures. Yeah, that's right. You know, our daily where we just we just didn't hit the mark, or we let our anger get the best of us, or we let our worry get the best of us, or you know. And I think that if we can be more honest about those. Without sticking in them, that you're always getting with a bunch of people that just, oh, I, I'm not the best. You know, no, we have hope above those things, mm-hmm. and and that's where the grit comes in. Like, you know, there's an option out of this. You know, I'm not going to get out of this business, or I'm not going to get out of this relationship. Or this, I'm committed to this, and that means that there's going to be failings, but we're going to fight through the failings because we have a vision of something better. And I think, you know, when you share those, when you're just vulnerable that way. And you just say, "Man, I struggle with that too. Yeah. you know I, I even with kids, I always pray that you know my prayer isn't to be a perfect dad because I know that's I've sailed way past that a long right, time ago, right. but can I be approachable? Mm-hmm. Do they know they can come to me with their mistakes because I've gone to them and say, I'm sorry, I really screwed this up i, I jumped to conclusions way too fast as a dad i My life experience has taught me that most times. In my life, I'm going to do the wrong thing first. Then I'm going to have to come back and just, hey, I'm sorry about that. And man, when when you know you can go to people and talk to them in any way—pastor, boss, friend, sister, brother—those are the people that you know you ring their line.
0: So, well, and I think too, there's something about even the tenacity part that is you use the word grit. Yeah. Um, how how have you been able to grow in that over time? You know, like, is that something that is in you or ingrained in you? Um,
1: Well, I I think
0: fear of, of, you know, like I said, you have to embrace your failures,
1: but there's that fear of failure that drives Mm -hmm. you. You know, you you set a goal, you want to achieve it. I think it's being realistic in what your expectations are, um, that you know that every day is not going to be a mountaintop, that you enjoy them when you have them, those good moments with your family, friends, your successes in business. But I also coach softball yeah. at Whitehall High School, and uh, one of the things we try to teach the girls is it's the daily preparation and the acceptance of failure that allows you to really hit the, the, the high mark that you want to hit. helps you win championships. There's more failure in winning a championships. There's more day-to-day routine what does your day-to-day routine look like? Mm. Like I said earlier, I think for me, like I start every day and I try to pray for the staff and pray for myself. And it'd be so easy to look back and count the failures and not go do that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like this really isn't working. <laughs> yeah. This really, it really is. I don't see change happen slow, but to daily trust in your daily habits yeah. and your daily routine and trust in those and then trust uh, that things will come available to you uh, as you exercise those things. So,
0: well, that's really cool. I was going to ask you too, like with the uh, coaching, mm-hmm. and I, I think that is spot on too. Um, about just the the daily habit part of it, mm-hmm. and understanding that that you know the more you're achieving or or pursuing, the more failures that there are going to be sure. there. Uh, but not to lose sight of that, you know. I think uh, I heard it said really well. People talk all often about their highlight reel. Mm-hmm. But we need to get a highlight reel, like yeah. real. Like R E A L Real yeah. at the same time. We need both. Like we need to share those man, those great moments. Like yeah. man Blake, uh, you know, home run hitter, uh, with what's going on at the restaurant, you know, you know, and this new dish, like I love your pumpkin pancakes with great <laughs> lean sauce, yeah. you know, that's a you know, or those those wins like that, you know, we need to do that, you know, and, sure. and when things are going well at home and, and with you know, the, the softball piece of that, um, has softball been a good release? Oh, it's great. Honestly, I was was curious about the stress release. For I mean, when
1: I'm at home, I'm thinking about work. When I'm at work, I'm thinking about home. That doesn't mean that I'm distracted or divided. I'm able to do what I need to do in both areas, but it's just natural. When I'm on the softball field, that's all I think about is my responsibility to those girls, um, to help them succeed. You know, we talked about, uh, the daily routine, I always tell them getting better is boring, you know, and so mm. for them, they That's have to so they have to take 10,000 swings in order to have that one opportunity to strike out three times and get the one hit that might win the game. But they have to get through it every day. And and that can be boring, but they have to trust that routine that it's going to come through for them in the clutch. And so, you know, we've had some success there. I'm excited about that. You know, the girls qualified for a state tournament and we lost one senior, we'll lose one senior this year. So we this whole almost our whole starting lineup is juniors this year, sophomores are freshmen. Yeah. But again, that's all wonderful, all the success, but the relationships, you know, having the opportunity to to build into them and letting them experience things that maybe they wouldn't experience if they're willing to pay the price and we're trying to be real honest about. It. Are you gonna be here? Are you gonna you gonna work out, you're gonna run on your own, you're gonna lift, you're gonna get stronger, you gonna come here? pretty much starting in September and stay till June and give your very best. If you're willing to do that, it puts you in a position to have a chance, not to win, but to have a chance. And is mm-hmm. that what you want? Do you and then just trying to get them to le- learn, to love the preparation as much as love the success, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the hard part.
0: Oh man. And, and there's so, <laughs> so, there are so many good things that you said there too, to, and I just want really to encourage us all, you know, that's a great statement that, uh, getting better is boring. It, it, there's no way around it yeah. you know like there's just no way around that reality. like we just celebrated 10 years
1: hey, as a church
0: awesome. you know and and we started this similar uh, time of difficulty like the recession <laughs> yeah and uh, but I remember you know looking back at all those those times there's just a lot of boredom yeah that comes with it even though that there's a lot of exciting times. Sure. it's it's just showing up. It's yep. just being faithful. It's just being mm-hmm. available. It's just being teachable in the process. It's saying, "Hey, you know what? I, I've got to, I've got to allow myself to grow in these different areas and to do the, you know, the the work of, of preparation and mm-hmm. not just the task part of what I'm having to do. But who am I becoming? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of it is not just about preparation of, hey, let's hit these these balls. Yes, that's part of it, but that actually is a deeper thing. That's a character thing. That's about follow through. That's about faithfulness. That's about, um, Hey, am I allowing myself to be developed in the ways in which I need to be? And I, I mean, I think that's huge. And I also think it's huge if, if you're, uh, leading in, in any kind of capacity or way. I think one of the things Blake said that I don't want us to miss, and it took me a long time to understand this, the power of finding an outlet mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with what you're doing. Sure. Um, so what I mean by that doesn't mean that they're not connected, but it means that your livelihood per se isn't on the line for something. So when you go coach these these young women uh, yeah. in softball, man, way, way to invest in the community and the next generation. But it's also an outlet. For you to decompress, oh no doubt from the, which is a really high intense job that you have. Yeah, and leadership is you know it's it's just hard. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. There's no way
0: around it. Like it's it's hard and and leading organizations and you know the the blessings and and even the struggles um, they fall on your shoulders. And I think to find those those places that you can can go to have a, a mental reprieve because your mind's not meant sure to always be on like that and yeah. and I'm not I'm not one that's an expert on this this is something I'm continuing to grow in yeah. you know making time for things that have nothing to do with my specific role and, and part of that is things like this podcast even though they are connected it, it was really out of a desire to connect with people that I care about and want to yeah. hear I want you to hear their story and and all those things but also to find times to do things like play basketball or or, yeah. you know, or, uh, connect, at, you know, at the gym or, or whatever it is, that's going to mm-hmm. allow us to do that and to do it with others. And I, I think that's one of the things that, um, has stood out to me about what you've done with the softball piece is how that's really allowed you to even, I, I think, go the distance. Cause you, you've been doing softball for a long time. like been yeah, involved. In it. I mean,
1: I have four daughters, um, yeah. Two of them played pretty competitively. The other two played briefly. And that's okay, because four daughters are, you know, they're all different. They all have right. their different skills and things. Um, but I did it initially to invest time with my family. Mm-hmm. And then I always tell people, like, find something, tell dads, find something to do with your daughter that you both, it sounds terrible, but you both have to be there because so many distractions come up as they get older. Mm-hmm. They have friends, they have mm-hmm. activities that don't involve you. And you have your businesses and your life and things. And there's so many things that are pulling you apart. But man, if Wednesday night at six o'clock we do this, or every day after school we that's do good. this, you're forced to be together through time. And that sounds terrible to say that those words "forced." No, it's, it's, but, it's intentional.
0: <laughs> it's intentional time. But it's, you
1: know, it's just so. So that's where it started with me. And then again, just you know, you be around. You're, the more you're around kids, the younger you stay. And that's I just want to stay that way. I just yeah. want to stay engaged. And I really. And there's nothing better than seeing somebody do what they don't want to do, to have what they want to have, and know that you had some kind of role in that. Mm. And it doesn't matter if people know that you did, but just to be able to sit back and say, hmm, man, that – to see the smile on their face when they succeed and to see them enjoy that uh, is
0: just – it's more rewarding than anything you could do for yourself, honestly. Awesome, so, man. Yeah. That's really cool. I was going to ask you too with Allison. Uh, your, your bride. Yeah. Power couple. I mean, uh, yeah. I, how, what's her, what's her role in, in just the restaurant. I see her there often when yeah. I'm there. I mean, she does. How, did, how have you guys done that together as a team?
1: Well, we always focused on her staying home and investing in the kids. So okay. especially with my hours and different things. So, um, she comes up and she seats, she does a lot of the decorating. She'll sort of like me. She'll do weeding. She'll do whatever. I'm so blessed. Um, boy, you talk about two totally different people and just learning to honor the differences and you know i could she could say you know i'm gonna have somebody come over and i'd be like well i'm not ready for that and you know everything and i could say to her i'm bringing the team home and she would say what do you need me to do you know like <laughs> it's just so different you know i'm rigid and planner and like everything if all the dominoes hit i'm good her she's like completely flexible you know even, i used to joke she could have one kid under her arm the other kid cry, crying in the high chair you know 20 years ago when they were small and and, and me calling, can you go and run and get me eggs? You know, because we're out of eggs. Sure. And I'd be like, are you crazy? If she called me, like, do you know what I have going on? But she just so flexible and so supportive and and really just a great model of thanking others before herself. She just said I mean, she's just not a selfish person. Yeah, I was going to
0: ask you, like, if uh, people are considering going into business with family. Yeah, any, that's tough. Yeah. Any, any tips on that or thoughts on that? Yeah, I, know I mean, that your, your role is very. You know, well, it's
1: clean, but yeah. I'm not. I'm. Yeah. I have directed unfairly towards her a lot of pressure, and mm-hmm. you know, angry when things don't go right and different things. So, it's tough. You have to have a good relationship, but I think again, it just goes back to going. Hey, I made a mistake. This is I'm learning. You know, I got mad ten times last week. I used to get mad eleven. I'm doing better, and just having somebody who's that you're prepared to ride it out. Um, families, it's tough to work with, even when you have. Great family. It's tough. Mm-hmm. And uh, because you you don't have, especially in our business, it's pressure. So I like to say anything that happens really between 530 and 8 on a Saturday night shouldn't count, but it does. <laughs> you know? And when you're under pressure, it, it, things can get not so good. But you learn to work with that yeah. and always to remind them not where we are but where we'd like to go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's important to keep that in your
0: mind too. That's really good. And I think the duality of relationships, and whether obviously I have that as a pastor, you have Mm -hmm. that as a Mm -hmm. restaurant owner uh, and and head chef, you know, I think navigating through that and just being cognizant of it, like, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, these people are friends of mine, but I'm also their pastor. Right. You know, uh, this is my wife, and she's also. At times, serving as an employee, you mm-hmm. know, of, of Morgan's, even though she's yeah. obviously co- co-owning yeah. this with me in a lot of ways, and yeah. and I think always trying to navigate those those realities and just talking about them, sure, you know, being honest, say, hey, you know what, I'm I'm learning that I, you know, I am not always good at recognizing what time or what spot we're in as far as you know, for a home, maybe we should be really focusing on what's going on. Home-wise, you know, talking about that versus bringing the restaurant there, you know. Yeah, and 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 it's it's
1: such a big part of
0: your life. That's right. Like your ministry is such a big part. I mean,
1: you talk about it all the time. You think about it all the time. Your brain in the middle of a conversation at home will go to work or, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that takes patience too, you Mm -hmm. know. And I think what we mentioned earlier is having something where, man, I don't have to hear about church. I, I can at least hear about softball for a little bit. Yeah. I can at least hear about basketball time with your son a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I'm kind of tired of hearing about the problems of, of the and you, who could blame them, right? <laughs> who right. could blame them? Because that's whatever we bear, they bear.
0: Yeah. So no, I think that's right on. Like finding other things to talk about is a really good tip beyond the thing you do uh, yeah. with your friends, your significant other, your you know your children. I think it's really important for them to understand that your attention isn't always divided, right? but you have to find something to refocus it on because the idea of just people are like, just relax, you know, like to say that to Blake and I, it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. (laughs) Like we're not, we're not required that way just to relax. We have to actually do something with all that energy that we have because we have a lot of it. Yeah, And I think to really find those things, whether it's, you know, softball, like you mentioned, or, you know, for, for me with, with Ray, you know, working on um, taking them out and, and walking around different parts of our neighborhood, or going to parks, and and just you know, connecting around those things, sure. I think is really important. And and it's life giving to me, not just to my son. Yes, it is life giving to him. It, it creates memories, but it reminds me that I'm not just a human doing. I'm mm-hmm. a human being. Right. And right. there's parts of me <laughs> that yeah, right. need to be tapped into that have nothing to do with what my official role is. Right. But to be the best version of myself, I need to make sure I'm I'm leveraging those times sure. and uh, and I'm looking for those opportunities and even when it doesn't feel like um it's what's best in that moment, it is what's best. You know, you got to do sometimes the things that don't don't feel like they're the best. Because a lot of times our feelings can sometimes deceive us based on how we're viewing a circumstance, and so to have a fresh view of it and a fresh vision to say, Hey, how is this actually going to help me? Sure, going forward. And I know, Blake, you mentioned prayer, coaching softball, connecting with the people you know, these are things that breathe life into you and to help you to have even a fresher perspective. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're just behind. Uh, you know, that stovetop, sure. the kitchen. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you don't need to do that. That's part of your role. Right. But you have to have those other ways so you can have fresh perspective and you can have energy to continue on. And if you only see the problems and you don't see the things that are not only going well, but the gifts that are part of the journey.
1: Yeah. You know, I think it, it's just a little, there's time to be honest and self reflective, but I think it's also important mm-hmm. in your life, which I need to do more of, is kind of trophy hunt. You know, like, Let's let's look at what's happened over the last. bit What was really good? Yeah. You know, what was that was an awesome time with my wife. It was an awesome that we did great that weekend. Every all the customers were happy. You know, the softball teams went just to trophy. You can't live there because then you're not really focused on growing. But it is important to sit back and even and just look and say, you know what, that's pretty good. Yeah. You know, um, I think if it's important for God to do it, after He created some things, he sat back and said it's good. I think it's a good thing for us to do too. Hey, this is good. There's sure there's plenty of bad. Sure there's plenty of things that we do wrong. And I man, I probably I've done as much wrong as anybody, but there are some good things that have come out of of the things that I've applied my efforts and my energies to. And I think that's important too, to be just be honest.
0: Yeah, and I think celebrating gives us yeah. the courage to continue on. Sure. So if we don't remember uh we're we're only in the cycle of chasing something. And and it doesn't mean that we don't need to have a, a drive that's holy. And right. Right. You know, those are, those are parts of who we are, but if we're not careful, it can come from just a restless place. Yeah. Not a place of peace. Like, wait a minute, let me have the right perspective here. Yeah. What have you done? I'm not, I'm not complacent. Yeah. There's a difference between being complacent and content. They're not the same thing. Sure. Complacency is, Hey, I'm just happy with where we've been and I don't feel like I have to try anymore. That's a form of pride and laziness. Sure. Whereas contentment is, Hey, I'm recognizing all that's been done. I'm recognizing that even as I, um, not where I fully want to be, that the journey is just as important as the destination, right? (laughs) That I'm seeing the gifts along the way. And then I'm going to keep striving. I'm going to, I'm going to practice this holy discontent, uh, Mm -hmm. even though I can be content, this holy discontent, this holy discontentness, is really the idea of hey, I recognize this is not what it should be, but I'm going to allow the source of my joy not to be fully formed on my circumstances, mm. but to recognize that even in the midst of that, you're doing something. You know that like God, God's at work in me, sure. you know, through me, around me, and to see that. So it, it may seem like they don't go together, with contentment and holy discontentment, mm-hmm. but but they actually work together because when you're content. Then you actually can see the things that aren't, right. But should be, you, sure. know, the, you know, like, hey, wait a minute, this is this is not right, you know. Like the food, you know, like if, if, for example, what you do, you want to do your food with excellence, yes. And if, and if you see something that is off base with what you're serving or or what's going on, there is going to be, hey, we're gonna we're gonna improve that, we're gonna grow on that, we're gonna make that better, sure. And so I, I think seeing how those things work together is really important. Uh, so Blake, I was gonna see from your perspective and vantage point. What's the joys the joys of ownership for you, but also the challenges for ownership for you? What what are if you could give me like one or two joys and then one or two challenges with I think it's important
1: and I I genuinely feel this way that we really own nothing. Mm -hmm. So I'm just somebody that's Mm -hmm. at Morgan's that has a role to keep that thing going. To be able to provide a good place for people to work and those kind of things, you know, people get wrapped up in "this is mine." I don't, you, you, don't, you know, the place has been there since the Revolutionary War. People have come <laughs> and gone, and there'll be somebody there after we're gone. But what's going to be our stamp on it? You know, and our stamp on it is, you know, do I provide a place where people can come to work and not feel burdened by that? Can they make a living there? Can we, while we're making our living and you feel good about being here, can we provide a service to the community? And those things, like all the things we talked about, it's common sense, but when you're looking to do the the right things, I think that's easy. So that's, it's a joy when I've, you know, we've seen having the same staff there, the same managers for, since we've opened, wow. I, I have the same sous chefs, um, two girls that do a phenomenal job and they've been there for almost since we've opened and you know we have such transient people in the in the business that just people come and they work six months, but they stay, and there's a reason that they stay because mm. we've tried to find the blend of working the right amount of hours, balancing your family life, having a life you can enjoy, and doing what you love because this business can be twelve at night, you know getting up seven in the morning, fifteen sixteen hour days, just pressure, tons of hours hour we've tried to find a balance there yeah. and so I would say that you know. We don't always hit that, but that's mm-hmm. a joy for me to see that they're able to work and do things that people come and enjoy themselves and just can take that time to just relax. You know, we're not mm-hmm. we're not a sizzle place. You know, you're either buying the steak or the sizzle. You know, this we all have steak. There's some places that just have these elaborate buildings and furnishings and mm-hmm. all these things. It's just beautiful. But we're more like, hey, we're just glad you're here, <laughs> you know, and I think that that's important too. So – when people are happy when they've trusted us with a big event whatever it may be and we've done a good job for them and they say hey it was wonderful your staff was wonderful that's great because they had a good time it's not great because we need to hear we're wonderful i think everybody is if they're honest with themselves know if they put out good food if they did good service Mm -hmm. or not you know you know when you did something well but that they really enjoyed it and we made an opportunity for them so the struggles um man you know it's Competition is always a struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, there's new places. Trying to stay faithful to the things that are important to you and not get distracted from your core things. Um, pretty much, you know, the same struggles you would have in any business. And uh, just, just grinding it out some days, you know, with yeah. the pressure. Um, anytime you're out in front of anything, you're going to catch the bullets too. So you have to be willing to accept responsibility for those things. So I- I've learned that I'm learning. I'm learning to be able to separate those from my character. Mm. You know, um, sometimes when you own something and your name's on it, and somebody doesn't like something, you really take that personally. I think that's good, but I think it's also good to realize that you're not going to help everybody. Not everybody's going to be thrilled with what you do, who you are, how you say, and how you present it. And to be able to live with that, and that's a honestly, that would probably be the biggest struggle because I really don't want to on a personal level, disappoint you. Mm. you know. So when you're writing something that isn't the best or saying something is the best, that means I let you down. And, and that bothers me more than how many people you're going to tell or If you come back, it just bothers me that I would let you down. So that's probably a struggle that I,
0: well, cause I was going to say too, with that, like, I think just to know, like, uh, you know, it's from who you are, you do what you do. Like, but it, the, the challenge with that is a lot of times those critiques, you know, the, they can go to our hearts. Sure, Whereas, sure. You know, compliments at times have a way to go to our heads. So we have to yeah. be careful that on either side of that, yeah, we we are rooted in who we really are. Sure. And I think that's um, a challenge. One of the things that I've noticed with entrepreneurship and people who start things, not this isn't the case for every single person by any means, but I was talking to a friend, a mutual friend of ours, Chris Zhang, who's, oh, okay, yeah. who's uh, started his own counseling practice 22 years ago. And it's pretty incredible to, to talk to him. But I was talking to him about the fact that a lot of the people I know who have started things have come from situations where their, their childhood wasn't what I would call, um, the most serene. Sure. Sure. <laughs> uh, but it's caused them to, to think differently and creatively mm-hmm. and innovate in a way. And he just made a comment that I thought was really, really profound. And he was speaking from his own experience. He said, I, you know, he said, I, I think that's true what you said. But he also said, I think the challenge is that for a lot of them, they have to be careful that they're not running from the fears sure. of their own inferiority and what they're not yeah and letting that be a driver um, and I think as you get a hel- you know a healthier view of yourself, collectively all of us you know myself included in this yeah I'm not, sure I'm not uh, excluding myself from this conversation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but to understand like wait a minute, like I have to recognize what it is um, that first of all, my heavenly father says about me and sure. I know not everybody listening to this is a follower of Jesus, but to recognize, Hey, it, for me, I, I have to stay rooted in that place and allow that to continue to deepen and to grow. And then I think what you said too, about even the core pieces of it's easy to get distracted. And I, I think staying keyed on your core value system and the core competencies that, cause you can't, You can't be good at everything. Right. And that's just the reality. Like, and you know, I mean, we're pretty close, Joe. Right. right, right. (laughs) What I mean by that is, it's like, yeah, but I'm just saying like, if you're trying to be, like you said, like, Hey, we do have a great atmosphere. Yeah. You know, We do have great food, but we're not, you know, if you have to, you know, compare it to some other places, the sizzle part of that, right? Yeah, it's going to be very different, right? That's right. And, and to embrace that uniqueness, yes. not to feel like we're inferior in our concept, right? Because we're not this, right? Let's be the best version of ourselves. Let's be That's the right. best version of Morgans. That's right. Let's stay in that lane. Let's, you know, continue to pour into that and to, to, you know, grind it out when it's appropriate. But even to continue to. Say how do we how do we become the best version of ourselves instead of competing against somebody else? That's how right. do I compete against me? Yeah. How do I look at what we're doing right and feel good about it? Right, and, yeah. and to celebrate what somebody else is doing makes it a lot easier to live
1: with the failures when you're being honest and true to yourself. That this is the best that I can do, you know, rather than that comparison, that left and right glances. That's you know, I try to stay out of that as much as I can.
0: You know. No, I think that's really important because I, you know, I also think that gives us the freedom to celebrate what somebody else is doing. Sure. You know, and like, Hey, I don't, I'm not doing the exact same thing. Yes. We may be in the same industry, yeah, but it's different. You know, I, I can learn from somebody that's in a similar industry and we can even collaborate and work together. Sure. Um, because ultimately you're, Yes, you technically are considered my competition. Yes, but the reality is, my competition is me. Sure, yeah. <laughs> like the competition against me is is me doing the best I can because clearly, I mean, since two thousand five, bro. Yeah. I mean, I, I know you probably know this, but I want to say it to you, man. What an accomplishment, wow. Blake. You know, that's an accomplishment, man. That when you when you told me like the year because I I knew you right when this thing was going on and opening, yeah. I was like, man, that's crazy. But man, you know, eighty percent of startups fail yeah. within the first year. Uh, I, I think that's what I read recently. And to watch you go the distance and to continue on, and I, as we wrap it, as we wrap up this conversation, I wanted to ask you um, inspiration for new dishes, new concepts. How do, how do you go about getting your creative juices flowing? And what's that process look like for you?
1: Well, it's separating yourself from the busyness. I mean. They say you have this idea that creativity is just going to come like a lightning bolt and just all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're going to be creative. You have to slow down, separate. What I start to do is start to look through cooking magazines or, or go online and look at recipes. But most importantly, I try to stay seasonal because people get hungry for things in season like everything pumpkin no matter where you drive now. <laughs> you know, in the summer, it's different. So if you cook seasonally, you don't need you know to have – exceptional technique and ability Mm -hmm. you know what's better in summer than a peach right off the tree sliced on homemade pancakes or what's better now than something pumpkin because it's what you're hungry for so to stay seasonal um again to look at what's popular what's selling is one thing and then how can i put my personal twist on it that's
0: all that's really cool like and i think as i I think about the creative process for uh myself and for for those who are listening i think there's the, the key principles that blake said You gotta get some separation. Mm -hmm. You gotta separate. And I I think that's really hard because it's easy to to stay so glued in, but you you can't see when you're in the weeds all the time. So you gotta get some perspective. And that means you have to slow down. And then the other part of slowing down is to look at what season are you in? And seasons can be very much. The weather season, yeah. but even the season that your, your business or your organization or your life is in. And, and how can you leverage those, those opportunities? Again, I think it's really important to get space. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's really important to get your, give yourself space because then you'll have the room to slow down. And then looking at the seasons, and and then making your own spin, which is the fourth S. You gave me four S's there. Oh, that's a, that's, that's a sermonette for you. Yeah, right? man, but, your own yeah. your own creative spin on it. Because I do think that people are looking for for um, things that are unique. Sure. While while not always far off from things right. they What enjoy. would you like?
1: What would you enjoy? If you were sitting there eating a plate of food, what would make that dish just a little bit better than you? Yeah. And so I think that's just being honest with yourself. And as long as – and in any business, do what you believe because you can – I know we first opened, we're open for breakfast. Why are you going to open for breakfast up here? And Well-meaning people didn't think it was the best idea, but I just knew in my heart that that's what I wanted to do. And so we right. did it, and I think we do a good one. And you people come and point. sit and relax. Yeah. So. Just be true to yourself and what you feel. Mm-hmm. What would you like? What would you enjoy? How can you do that as well as you can in no matter what arena it is? And, and then you can live with it if you don't make it. But if you're trying to do something that you – to try to imitate success, um, yeah. there's a lot of people's story that you don't know that allow them to have that success. Mm-hmm. So just think you can pop in and say I'm going to do that and X, Y, and Z probably not the best idea you probably have been given all your experiences for your own success and just follow it
0: yeah that's right I want to like own your story mm-hmm. and put your own personal signature on that story meaning yeah the things that you are fully convicted of and believe in. right that's right and and see it through like this has been so fun i wanted to <laughs> ask you if people wanted to uh, connect with you learn more about morgan's how should sure. they go about doing that
1: well you can call we, there are still telephones out there that people call, on. <laughs> 610-769-4100, or you can reach us online, morgansrest.net. Um, like I said, we're there seven in the morning till nine at night, six days a week. Sunday's our family day. would probably be a very busy day for breakfast, but we're just, we can take care of you 14 hours a day, six days a week. Sunday, we're going to have to trust somebody else to do that. That's so, right. That's right. Yeah.
0: That's really cool. And if people want to connect directly with you, are there ways that yeah, you can they do could it? just email me right there from the website? Okay, great. Um,
1: yeah, anything I can do to help? Uh, if you're interested in culinary arts, I'd be happy to answer any questions you have. If you're interested in having a party or something at Morgan's, we have people that can help you with that too. Um, so yeah, that's how you can get me. That's awesome. Or just call Joe. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, I just again really appreciate you taking the time to be on this, and so so grateful for your friendship. And, you you know, the, the friend you've been to me over the years, but also the good work that you've been doing at Morgan's since 2005. And if you're looking for a way to impress somebody in your life, go to Morgan's, go (laughs) to Morgan's. But again, thanks for being on the podcast and thanks for all you do for our community. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us for the Vision for the Valley Podcast. We'd love to connect with you and to hear from you. You can find us on social media at Vision for the Valley Podcast, or you can email us at visionforthevalley podcast at gmail.com.